Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers have signed Stanley Johnson to a first 10-day contract. I would imagine another one will be signed 10 days from now. And then probably a contract for the rest of the season will be offered at that at the end of those 10 days. Uh, we got to talk about that. Avery Bradley's non-guaranteed contract uh, date when they would when the Lakers have to guarantee it. Uh, that is coming up. We have to discuss that. Lakers play the Hawks tonight. LeBron James is talking about an MVP discussion that I had no idea he was a part of quite yet. Uh, and the Lakers all-star voting returns indicate that this uh, this team isn't as popular as very many of the other uh, Lakers teams over the years. Let's get to all of that here in a bit. As usual, we start with the actual news of the day, that being that the Lakers have signed Stanley Johnson to a 10-day contract here. Remember, previously he was under uh, 10-day contracts as part of the hardship exception uh, while the Lakers were dealing with COVID as as uh, or going through a, as rough a stretch with COVID as they were before. Uh, this is them getting a longer look at this guy. And, you know, unfortunately, seems both of these 10 days are going to happen before Anthony Davis comes back. So whenever they make a decision on keeping Stanley Johnson around for the remainder of the season, they're going to be doing that or making that decision with flawed data. Still, though, just in terms of skill set, as has been the case basically since he showed up, he does things on a court or he is capable, his body is capable of doing things on the court that no other Lakers role player has been able to do so far this year. He's a big, strong, athletic wing who uh, moves his feet well. He's long enough to bother taller uh, scorers. He just does things that, you know, even Taylor Horton Tucker, who has that wingspan, uh, Avery Bradley, somebody the Lakers consider their best perimeter defender. Like Stanley Johnson is just capable of playing defense at a level higher than just about everybody else on this Lakers roster, especially when compared to other role players. Offensively, you know, <laughs> this is why he was available uh, in the first place when the Lakers were looking for hardship contracts. If he was a better offensive player, if he could shoot, he wouldn't be available. Like that's the three and D wing that every team is always looking for. Uh, and you know, to be clear to this point, the three point shooting hasn't been there. So if that comes around, whatever, then the Lakers just struck legitimate gold. Uh, but in terms of what they're going to be looking at over the course of these next 10 or 20 days, that is going to be really kind of interesting because, you know, they're, they're hoping obviously that his strong play from over the last uh, stretch of games with the Lakers that they're hoping obviously that that continues, but also more guys are getting healthy. Uh, especially when Anthony Davis comes back, that means LeBron James is going to be playing more minutes at the, at the spots that Stanley Johnson has been playing so far. They're hoping that Trevor Ariza can get his legs underneath him. If, and when that happens, does that limit Stanley Johnson's opportunities? Uh, I, I generally think still it's good to just have as many, athletic and switchy wings as you can possibly have but given the 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 roster crunch and the financial crunch crunch that the Lakers have been operating under so far this year I could also see why they preferred the flexibility of two 10-day contracts before they commit to Johnson 
for the rest of the year. Also on that front, just really quickly, I know giving Johnson 10 days uh, initially when they could just guarantee his contract, and he's played well enough to, I think, have his uh, 10-day contract, or, or instead of giving him a 10-day contract, just sign him for the rest of the season. He has played well enough for that to happen. Uh, and and I can understand people who are kind of looking at this like, why are we overthinking this? I get that. I do. Uh, Stanley Johnson is not going to find an opportunity like he has had with the Lakers almost anywhere in the league. The Lakers are more desperate, you know, for wings than just about every other team in the league. So that makes this relationship mutually beneficial. And so long as those two sides are uh, remaining on the same page in terms of the contract that gets offered, the contract that gets expected, and and the role that he continues to play, that's all that really matters. And and as, as of right now, I haven't heard anything regarding this situation that would indicate anything other than Stanley Johnson and the Lakers being on the same page. Next topic here is kind of tricky because Avery Bradley is, you know, heading towards potential free agency again. He has been very good, <laughs> like even even separate of expectations, which you know I don't think very many people had significant expectations for uh, Avery Bradley when he came from uh, the Warriors camp. But you know, for for what he offers solid defender who I think is a little overrated defensively, but still solidish defender this year. He's shooting the ball way better than anticipated, especially when he hurt his right hand, I was really nervous about what that would do to a shooting. Uh, It has remained very good. And you know, those are things that the Lakers need solid perimeter defense and shooting. However, he's only six, two ish, you know, on his tiptoes. And, and, you know, the Lakers have Russell Westbrook. They are going to be getting Kendrick Nunn. And when they get Kendrick Nunn back from uh, injury, and I'm hearing, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so that that would be the case, uh, if they get Kendrick Nunn back, and Frank Vogel was talking about how Nunn is going to be playing significant minutes, well, you have significant minutes going to Russ, you have significant minutes going to Taylor Horton Tucker, and you have significant mon- minutes going to... Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Beyond that, Malik Monk has done nothing whatsoever to indicate that he shouldn't get a lot of time out there. And Austin Reeves is leading the Lakers in a net rating, which, you know, somewhat skewed stat there because it's it's not a perfect stat just in general. But it does indicate, even if you don't want to give him full credit for that net rating, that the Lakers are still better when he is on the court. That is not the case necessarily when Avery Bradley is out there. So given how many people that they have at Avery Bradley's position, I could understand why a team looking for roster flexibility and a team that still cares about financial flexibility, uh, I, I could see the Lakers opting for just letting this partial contract run out and wishing Avery Bradley the best. Uh, I I would probably predict that they guarantee his contract because of the injury issues that they've had this year, especially when you take COVID into account. You know, you just never know who might 
catch it again, who, uh, you know, who might enter protocols because they didn't get their booster or whatever. Uh, it makes sense to keep as many players around you could trust. And, you know, if the Lakers are looking for roster flexibility, as we talked about yesterday, they could always try to trade DeAndre Jordan or here's an idea, wave the guy and just be done with it. Uh, but, but again, I, I think here for, for Avery Bradley, I appreciate what he has given to the Lakers so far this year. I still think he clearly has something left in the tank. Although I think the situation with the Lakers is kind of unique. Uh, I think it's not really a surprise that he looks significantly better on the Lakers than he has at other stops. Uh, and, and yet, you know, given the, the, the minutes crunch that is going to be presenting itself over the next couple of weeks, I, all I'm saying is prepare yourself for a tougher decision than we might have thought even a few days ago. Next topic here was an interesting one. It, it kind of made me laugh because LeBron is is very good at, at inserting himself into, especially this specific conversation. He was asked about it, uh, but he had this to say about the MVP discussion, which he has not really been a part of so far this year because of the injuries that he dealt with. Quote, I think when you're replaced in the MVP conversation, that means your team is winning games and you're playing at a level that's helping them win games. So if my name starts to be in the MVP conversation, then I'm happy about it in a sense because that means the Lakers are winning basketball games and that's what I want. That's all I care about. I know what I bring to the table every night. I know what I'm capable of doing every night, but I want that to result in wins and that's just always been my mindset in this league. Uh, again, it's, it's always kind of funny that, you know, <laughs> a MVP conversation. And by the way, like, I understand why people might consider him uh, an increased presence in that conversation, given the way that he is playing, rec playing recently and, and given the way that the Lakers as a whole have been playing recently. Um, the Lakers, he, he's basically keeping the Lakers afloat while they deal with a significant injury to the team's second best player and most versatile defender. Although LeBron has shown he is not exactly uh, stiff on that end of the court either. So uh, I understand why some people might consider him a part of the conversation. He just hasn't been a part of that conversation. That has not taken place so far this year. You've had Steph up there. You've had Kevin Durant up there. You've had Jokic in that, in that grouping somewhat. Giannis is kind of starting to carve out his own space there. Uh, and, and so like if you, like Rudy Gobert is somebody who jazz fans just will not shut up about, but it, again, like when you're looking at the actual conversation that has taken place to this point, I just, I can't help but kind of laugh sometimes at the way that this goes down. And it was very predictable <laughs> that it would go down this way. He hasn't been a part of it. He plays pretty well. The Lakers win a few games and all of a sudden, you know, that MVP conversation, I would really be. You know, I'm, I'm always honored to be a part of it, well, but, but like you, you haven't been. Yeah, but I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it, but, but you haven't been, <laughs> not yet. And that can change. It's still relatively early, uh, but, but it's just funny the way that these kind of go, these things can go, go down sometimes. Last thing here on the docket, the uh, all-star voting returns are in and the Lakers don't look that great. Now they have some guys who are, 
in some spots. You know, obviously, LeBron is, is going to be up there, but he's third for the first time uh, in, in recent memory and the first time, frankly, since they have gone to this method of voting where the top vote-getter in each conference uh, or the top two vote-getters get to uh, decide on teams or, or captain teams. This is the first time he wouldn't be a part of that. Uh, and then Anthony Davis, who is, is is not in the top five at his position, though, again, he's hurt, so I can understand why. And even when he was healthy, like, yes, statistically and in, and in terms of some impact, he was obviously very good in 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 a vacuum, but I never felt like it was a special Anthony Davis season. So you have uh, that going on. Russell Westbrook is always popular in that group, and Carmelo Anthony is always popular in that group, but neither guy really saw the Lakers bump that maybe both anticipated heading into the season. And, you know, all it kind of tells me is that Lakers fans probably don't like this team very much. It's been a trudge. Like <laughs> They've just been slogging through the marsh that has been this season, and, you know, watching that isn't very fun. They've lost some games embarrassingly in public situations on national TV. They have lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. Uh, obviously, you've had injuries and COVID, and, and that's going to kind of muddy the waters here as well. So uh, it, I found it interesting. And again, just like the LeBron MVP conversation and, and like most things this year, these things are subject to change. If the Lakers continue winning at the rate that they have won over the last five games or so, then yeah, I would say that those votes are going to tally a little higher. LeBron will figure a little bit more uh, obviously and in, in the MVP discourse and, and all of that. But, but as of right now, I found it interesting even though it's not necessarily surprising the more that you think about it that Lakers fans and and the type of passionate fans who would go out and vote for the Lakers to be in the all-star game have kind of been apathetic about this team all right that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers lowdown it's a couple things to uh, look at on silverscreenroll.com you have an article, basically everything that I talked about is in article form where you get full context, so you're going to want to check that, that out as well. I recorded a Lakers Lounge with Harrison today where we got into much, many of these topics in, in further depth uh, also. And then Alex Regula put together his latest notebook uh, where he takes a closer look at uh, Malik Monk and then Carmelo and Avery Bradley and the way that those guys have been playing, and, and you really are going to want to check that out as well. Until... About an hour or so from now, depending on when you guys are listening to this. Not an hour, maybe a few hours from now. I'm Anthony Irwin, and I'll talk to you in a bit.